Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, coming at you on Monday, February 1st, 2021, WandaVision Episode 4. There's a lot to digest. A lot different than the first three. A lot different, a lot we learned, a lot we kind of already knew, but a lot that was confirmed. This is officially the marking point of where the casual fans are going to be happy. Um, This is when I told my dad he could finally start watching it. Not as many Easter eggs, not as much speculation in this episode, but still a lot to talk about. Kind of just confirming stuff. Yes, absolutely. And we also have a movie review. So HBO Max, obviously, releasing some of the theater releases on HBO Max at the same time. We had one this week, The Little Things, starring Denzel Washington, Rami Malek. Rami Malek or Rami Malek? Uh, Rami. Rami Malek and Jared Leto, uh, star-studded trio. Um, movie didn't get great reviews. I was very excited for it. It's going to be an interesting review. I could sense it. We, we will discuss, that's for sure. Let's get into the show. I don't feel so good. Hulk! Smash! Hey, look up. You can put it on the board. Yes! WandaVision Episode 4, Tyler. Leaving the sitcom reality, going into the MCU slash real reality. The fake real world. The fake real world. Um, This episode, before we talk about it, I saw a lot of people talking about Oh, you know, people weren't liking the first three episodes, which there was some backlash about the sitcoms. I don't know why. I mean, this is what you should have expected. Even I didn't really necessarily love the sitcoms, but, like, I knew that's what I was getting myself into. I don't know why people, like, expected any different. Yeah. Um, No, they did not do this episode because they saw people were sick of the sitcoms through three episodes. Like, they already had this season filmed and planned and scheduled. And um, You can't just make changes like that (laughs) in a week. (laughs) I'm sure they probably anticipated that. 
They probably anticipated some sort of like, hey, let's maybe space this up. Maybe is it confirmed there's nine episodes, or was that just a theory that we had last week? Like ninety five percent confirmed. I can't say it a hundred percent, but I feel oh, like we, I've seen it. That's right. We looked at the schedule though. So if they do nine episodes, they'll have a week off. If they do ten episodes, they'll go straight into um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, based on their week, week weekly release. Unless they release they double release one of these weeks, which they could always do. They have you know the right to double release whenever they want. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's three sitcoms. So we're up to what the eighties. It is nine total. Confirmed? Yes. So fourth episode, maybe, what, fifth, sixth, seventh? We get three more sitcoms. Eighth, ninth is just all hell breaks loose. And I think that's probably more realistic because before we were expecting three straight one-hour episodes. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's very realistic in hindsight that they would do a three-hour movie to end the show. Yeah. Um, but I could definitely see now with two one-hour ones, just two hours is a normal movie. Yeah. I mean, they had the budget for it, so we're, I'm I'm assuming the last two are going to be first half second half you know wrapped up hopefully um the next three should be sitcoms and i feel like maybe we'll get a little bit more hint of sword and what's going on behind the scenes now that we've kind of seen them already yeah for sure um but we'll see yeah man so obviously the episode walking through it if you haven't watched it already you had a whole weekend uh pause this go watch it come back aggressive spoilers aggressive spoilers uh the episode opens with monica rambo coming back from the blip got some uh the the narration from when she was coming back you know like the quotes from her childhood there was even a captain marvel yep. quote in there um she's in the hospital her mother had gotten a procedure at the time that she got blipped which that's just a terrible time yeah it fucking sucks like we don't think about that like think about all the people that were in surgery like you're just doing surgery on someone or someone is doing the surgery and they just get blipped away yeah like what the fuck did they do do you think the family could sue if you were mid-surgery and then they like got blipped away like your doctor fucking blipped bro my mom's dead now I don't know. I don't know if there was a class action blip lawsuit. There should be. Um, I think you can make a little bit of money off that. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then you see the chaos, and she's uh, Monica Rambeau is looking for her mom, and then she obviously goes to the doctor, and she's like, "Hey, your mom died like three years ago." I had one kind of bone to pick with this scene in particular. <laughs> okay, Jay. And why are you laughing? Because <laughs> I I fe- I don't know. Just go ahead. And it's a TV trope that we see all the time, so I didn't hate it. But it just bugs me every time I see it. It's like, the doctor, like, just tell her what fucking happened. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, the yes. doctor was just kind of, like, beating around the bush, like, like before not getting you, to the point. you left. <laughs> like, just fucking, like, ob- you know what happened. You know everyone got blipped away. She wasn't one of, you know, whatever. Like, just be like, hey, this happened, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. I know she's trying to be sensitive. She's like, oh, I don't want to tell her that she just disappeared for five years, but... Bitch, you've been gone for five years. Yeah, just fucking spit it out. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, so that was my one. Okay, that's little, fair. Little nitpick. I can't argue that. Uh, and then we go into Sword, correct? That was the next scene? Yeah, and so then uh, it shows Monica with her boss, well, new boss, um, returning to Sword. He says it's been three weeks since she returned, and she's like the first agent to like re-report. Mm-hmm. Um. And then they kind of go through everything, and they send her to Westview. Yeah, so important, too. They were gearing up for um, missions or whatever. They're doing all this stuff, and they mentioned, like, nanotech and all that. Um, that could be a future tie-in to the Armor Wars. Yeah. Which is a confirmed series about, you know, Tony Stark's um, technology getting into the wrong hands. And, I mean, if the U.S. government has it, then who knows who has it, you know, because obviously Stark had the nanotech. Yeah, and, suit. and the other thing that people were mentioning was they talked about a space program. Yeah, and how it went to shit. 
Yeah. Um, Fantastic Four fans, that's how they get their powers is something goes to shit in space. Yeah. So people are saying maybe that's like a setup where like Sword is going to be part of like the Fantastic Four introduction. I could now see that. we know they're confirmed for the MCU, I'm sure they would start laying the groundwork now. I, I could see that. And I, I know we've talked about this a little bit before, but I don't remember what your thought is. Like how much, excuse me, how much of a backstory do you want to see with the Fantastic Four movie? It just, do you want it to be a Doctor Strange or do you want it to be like a Spider-Man Homecoming? I, I would prefer a Doctor Strange where it's like, hey, this guy knew Tony Stark or something in the past even. and He was very smart. They just now got their powers, though. Okay. I, I want him to be established unless it's a multiverse thing and they just fucking throw him in there. That's fine. But he's known as one of the smartest people on the planet. Mm-hmm. But then he gets his powers when the space shit happens. So I want him to... Maybe I mean it's not that unrealistic that we wouldn't have seen one of these people. Yeah, you know I mean he could have been one of the smartest guys existing, and then something happens, and now he's Mister Fantastic, and that's why they haven't helped with shit before. So what's the Mount Rushmore of like smartest people in the MCU? Once he comes, it's got to be Reed Richards, Shuri, uh, the Hulk, Ugh, Professor Hulk, Professor Hulk, <laughs> and who else? That's it. It's the only smart. So people. it's the trio: Vision, I guess, but he's dead. Maybe, but he's a robot. Um, <laughs> who's the smartest? Does the comics ever say? Because I know Shuri, like, they kind of tease that she was even smarter than Hulk. I think Reed Richards, but I don't know. Don't quote That's me. misogynist. Don't quote me. Who else is smart? I feel like we're missing, like, a very smart person from... Korg? Genius. Doctor he- Strange. He is an actual doctor. <laughs> Some people forget. Um, so, yeah. Then she goes to Westview, and, you know, she meets up with Jeremy Wu from the Ant-Man movies. Um, I Jimmy? guess Jimmy Woo is it Jimmy? Did I say yeah? I said Jeremy. I think it Agent is Jimmy Woo. Um, Jimmy Woo. A bunch of people were talking about on Twitter about him doing like this card trick thing. Yes. Which is, I'm gonna be honest. I I missed that. So in Ant- I didn't go back and watch it. in Ant Man and the Wasp. Yes. Paul Rudd is learning close up magic, yes, and yes. the agent like he, like stops. And he's like, no, seriously, how oh, did you do that? Like right. he's all fucked up by it. And then later in the movie, you see him at his desk fucking around watching magic trick videos. So what did he do with this card? He just like it, it. His hands were empty, and then he just like snaps his fingers, basically, and like the card pops up in his hand. Oh, see, I didn't. That was me watching at midnight, not even realizing. <laughs> I caught it right away. It was fucking full. It's great. It's a nice little tease, like it, zero impact, but it's just like something to enjoy. It's yeah, keeping the continuity. Yeah. Um, and they meet each other for the first time. They talk to the police officers who have. This was I was confused by this because the police officers. Didn't know what Westview was. Said there was Eastview or whatever, right? Is that yeah, what they said? Yeah, said they are from Eastview. Westview doesn't exist. So, obviously, there was a thing where there was, like, a five-mile radius of amnesia where, you know, for whatever reason, people had amnesia around the town. But then they just drive into Westview, do they not? I think they drive away. Oh, okay. They leave them, yeah. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Um, that's why I was confused. Still confused by the fact that the town doesn't exist, but there's real people in it. I think the town exists, but like I said, and like they said in the it's show, like amnesia, like like they created like a thing of amnesia. Dude, where, that uh, okay, it clicked. They're from Eastview. Obviously, there's Westview, but they don't remember the Westview. You can't just have Eastview and not have Westview. I'm sure you can. I nah. mean, there's a West Virginia, and not an East Virginia. Oh fuck, <laughs> that's the dumbest thing ever. By the way, isn't the didn't West Virginia split because of the Civil War? No clue. This is a history lesson in the middle of the podcast. Virginia is towards the center. That's D.C. Why does West Virginia exist? Why is it became there a state not in East After Virginia? the Wheeling Conventions of 1861 at the start of the American Civil War, delegates from northwestern Virginia's Unionist colonies decided to break away from Virginia 
which also included uh, secessionist countries in the new state. So they were part of the um, the South, I believe. The reason there's no East Virginia is um, the government of Virginia during the Civil War did not really accept West Virginia as a legitimate state. They're like, we're Virginia. You can call yourselves whatever you want. We're just Virginia, though. That's crazy. And there's still a state. Like, why did they not bring them back? <laughs> That's a great question. Isn't that weird how we have – it's totally not related to WandaVision, but – like some states, we have like North Dakota and South Dakota, mm-hmm. West Virginia, Virginia. Uh, there's two more, North Carolina, South. Like why? Like you don't see California and which would make sense because we're fucking huge. Or but even like Oregon and Washington, it's not like Washington and South Washington. Like they have different names. Why do these specific I, sets have East, West, North, South? I feel like because they were one at one time and then decided to become two. Is California gonna split? Hopefully, that'd be cool. I know I don't I don't have any reason to want them to split, but it would just be cool. Yeah, it should be cool. Um, you should be like from from California, like which part? Like South California. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they obviously didn't remember Westview. Monica flies the toy helicopter in, which well, not a toy helicopter, but flies Becomes the one. drone in, um, and that's the first kind of nod into what we saw in the the sitcom world. Yeah. Um, we were theorizing that she was actually going to be in a helicopter trying to get in, and it got shrunk down to size. It was literally a drone, just disappears, and then ends up at Wanda's door. Um, so there's that, and then obviously she gets sucked in on accident. Yeah, she's a little too curious there. So got to listen to Wu. He knows you knew what he was talking about. He so be did. careful, Rambo. And she's just like, let me just fist this force field. <laughs> she's gone, and then it cuts instantly to a. Uh, what is it? Kat Denning's character? I keep forgetting her name. What's her Darcy name? Lewis. Darcy Lewis. Um, she shows up at the sword facility. They now have this entire thing, um, you know, sectioned off or whatever. Uh, Kat Denning's only 34. Wow. I thought she was older. Um, Two Broke Girls just seemed like it was forever ago. I don't even know what that is. It's the show she's on. Um, so she shows up, and this is another TV trope that I thought was funny, is that they're, they got a bunch of people. They got the smartest minds and sword working on this thing, all confused, have no idea what's going on. And then I don't want to discount Kat Denning's character, uh, Darcy Lewis. I don't know. Lewis, right? I'm just going to call her Darcy. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I don't want to discount her character. I don't know how smart she is in the comics. Hand up. But she just shows up and figures it out right away and then figures out that there is a television stream, which is like – obviously there was explanation, you know, the, the waves and whatnot, the wavelengths. But I just thought it was funny. How she literally figured it out right away. It was aggressively convenient that she was like, huh, these readings are weird. Let me reach like underneath the desk, and now I have a stream. (laughs) (laughs) This random tool. I don't think she brought that either. I think that was just there. That's what I'm saying. She just randomly grabs it, and it just so happens to be the perfect thing that was already sitting there. Yeah. Um, Odd, though. Very odd. Yeah, so, but, I mean... It's TV and... Yep. Again, know. we're complaining about this when there's a force field of people in sitcoms. <laughs> and then it tied in the scene where she's obviously watching the end of the first episode, taking notes, and they re- literally re-showed that scene. Yeah. Um, and the rest of the episode, excuse me, is them kind of just figuring things out. Uh, we kind of get the tie-ins with the beekeeper going in. We get the tie-ins with uh, Wu and the, the radio asking mm-hmm. Wanda if she's okay. Um, there were some interesting cuts on the sword side. So, like, if you paid attention, you know, the sword uh, broadcast they had of Wanda's sitcom didn't show the blonde girl. What's her name again? I'm terrible with names. 
the blonde girl and inside the sitcom Dottie Dottie they didn't show Dottie's getting cut it just like cut yeah instead of so we saw the rewind after the beekeeper we saw Dottie get cut um, yeah there's they do that multiple times where like as viewers we see it but it's more like the third episode where she literally just snap and it visions back yeah that's what they're seeing they don't get to see the weird shit and then it gets snapped back yeah so um, the only thing they saw was the Monica getting yeeted <laughs> Her ass got fucking yeeted through a lot. Um, well, did they see that, though? Or did we yeah, just Yeah, no, they were that? watching it. They said, oh, this looks different. But did they see the part where, because when they showed Monica getting yeeted, it went from, like, it was different. So know. they saw her getting mad because they saw the Ultron. They saw her getting mad and shit. But then they didn't see her actually get yeeted. So, dumb theory that probably makes absolutely no sense. Okay. And I'm just going to go with it. Yeah. Episode one and two. We're watching it from, like, Wanda's kind of perspective. Not Wanda's perspective, but because we see the helicopter and we see the rewind and we see the blood and all that. Episode three, we're watching from Sword's perspective. That's why we don't see Monica Rambo getting yeeted. Okay. And that's why. I don't think there's anything to argue with that theory, so it's confirmed. And that's why when Vision comes back in episode three, he's obviously normal. And in this episode, at the end of this episode is, like, us kind of getting back into Wanda's reality of her yeeting the fuck <laughs> out of monica <laughs> rambo and then vision just having a jump scare for the ages yeah creepy as fuck just dead vision standing there i was terrified i jumped watching um, this at midnight i was, <laughs> it's a bad visual it was a creepy visual in infinity war and now that he's actually animated and talking yeah it's much creepier yeah <laughs> um but so he he's either dead or that was like a ptsd she saw him as dead yeah so it's interesting because there's a lot of questions, and this is where you know our speculation comes in. So Monica comes out of it, and she says, obviously, that Wanda's controlling it all. It's Wanda. It's all Wanda. I see some people running with that and like people being like, oh, that confirms that Wanda's the antagonist. She's doing this all. There's no second person influencer influencing her. I don't think it means that. I mean, how would um, Monica Rambo know if Wanda struck a deal with Mephisto or any of these rumored villains? Like. Yeah, Wanda could be in control, but there could still be that extra factor that is driving Wanda, you know. So yeah. I wouldn't take that like Wanda's the antagonist all of a sudden. Well, I, I think it is all Wanda. She is creating everything, but yeah. someone could be controlling her. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, And she's just kind of like snapping in and out of things. You know, obviously she yeets her and she kind of like is angry. Um, And then she kind of like. It just she doesn't seem like herself, and then like she goes like in this trance, almost like this rage, you know. Just yeah. lost a close matting game. Uh, <laughs> eats the controller through the wall, and then kind of becomes herself, and then obviously that knocks her back into you know consciousness. Then she sees the dead vision and all that, um, and that's kind of what happened to Monica too. And I wonder if Monica was control actually controlled by Wanda, like the other people in the town, because why would Monica bring up Ultron unless, like we said last week, it was just she heard the Sokovian song, and then she was just like Sokovian. Sokovian, whatever. Circadian rhythm. <laughs> um, I said Sokovian, not <laughs> Circadian. Um, and maybe that snapped her out of it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think she obviously was under some sort of trance, some sort of... She wasn't all there until she was, and then once she was, she fucking said Ultron and realized I fucked up and then kind of backpedaled from that. Yeah. Um, but obviously, she there's something where when she got there, she wasn't aware of what was going on. Yeah. Um, because you see her earlier too, which they kind of touched on and, and explain like there's more episodes going on than what we see. Yeah. 
because she said, oh, she washes the dishes every episode or whatever. She said that. And then there's the one shot when they first see Monica just sitting on a bench reading a paper. Yeah. Um, we, we never saw that. Yeah. So it's obviously like 24-hour sitcom, sitcom, sitcom type things going on that we aren't seeing. But you see her in that shot when it's her and she's just reading the newspaper. She she It's not like she's concerned or undercover. Like She looks like she's just fitting in, not you know, not at her own will. Yeah, for sure. So... I don't know. Maybe Wanda was like, obviously Wanda's controlling her. Like we're saying, and maybe Wanda singing that song, seeing the twins made her think about her brother. And that's what led to the like broke it. Yeah. Led to like Monica being like, Oh shit. Cause how does Monica know that Quicksilver got killed by Ultron? I mean, I'm sure the, that kind of stuff just passed around, but very public information. They all knew who vision and <laughs> they knew vision was <laughs> dead and not blipped. Yeah, that's very true. Um, and that's the big thing too. A lot of people are talking about is like, and is Vision alive? You know, we talked about it before. Is this a figment of her imagination? Her seeing the dead Vision, is she literally playing puppet with Vision's corpse? Weekend at Vision's. Or, so I've never seen Weekend at Bernie's. So it's I a don't... dead guy with sunglasses, and they carry him around like he's alive. Spoilers? Sure. I don't know. I've never actually do seen people it know either. he's dead? Like, the no. viewers? The viewers do, I think oh, so, okay. yeah. Okay. But they just put sunglasses on and like, oh, he's got his arms over his buddy's shoulders, and he's not there. Yeah, but he is there. So we don't know yet if that's the case. Um, I do think because it's the comic book reality and because um, I said this last week, Vision probably will be come back in some capacity, like actually outside of the sitcom world. And whether it be maybe she struck a deal with this person to get Vision back or maybe it's, you know, because she gets her powers from the Mind Stone and, you know, Vision, obviously, maybe slowly over time her energy or whatever is kind of influencing his body and getting him, you know, cause he's come back in the comics. So, because he's still in theory, you know, a, a, what is not a computer, but what was the word she used for him? A synthesoid? Sure. Yeah. Like he could take up a different bodily form or whatever. You know what I mean? So, well, I think there was something really important on this episode um, mm-hmm. that I haven't seen a lot of people bring attention to. And it's that he was slightly more red than in infinity war. <laughs> no, but I did post that and get some love on Reddit. Go, go upvote it. Um, no, it's that when the um they send the agent through the tunnels, yeah, right? and he has the wire hooked up to him, jump rope, turns and then into it a jump rope. turns into a jump rope in Monica's reality, not Monica's, in Wanda's reality. Yeah, when they pull it out, it's still a jump rope. Yeah, meaning whatever she's doing in there, whatever changes she's making, can come and exist in the real world. So Ooh. if she creates Vision and Vision is alive in her reality, and he somehow comes out like that, that is how he is now. He is now alive. He goes in as the wire. He comes out as the jump rope. Wait a second. What's up, Jay? I just got chills. <laughs> um, Vision says we can literally go in anywhere, and Wanda says, no, we can't. Right? Yeah. And everyone thinks that that's Wanda taking over this little town, and she doesn't want to leave because she's created this like barricade. But if you really think about it, Wanda could maybe do this wherever. You know what I mean? Maybe, yeah. So perhaps maybe she is in this reality. Maybe she's also stuck in this reality. And maybe that's why they're so worried about Wanda. And that's the whole Mephisto thing. Maybe, again, she struck a deal with the devil, whatever. Maybe she's at at this town and she's creating these things. And maybe she knows whether or not she can get out. And I don't know. Maybe she can get out and maybe she has to be stuck there for Vision to come back. Or that's the only way for him to be alive. Maybe she knows that she has to have children and give them over, whatever that you know narrative is. Yeah. I don't know. I could see it where maybe Wanda is not purposely staying here. 
I, I could see that too. Like there is a reason why she is stuck here because she theoretically could do this wherever, you know what I mean? Like there's gotta be some sort of help or some sort of something that is keeping her there. It's not a bad theory. So, cause she eats the fuck out of Monica. And I mean, and, and she, she specifically says like, you're not my neighbor. You're an outsider. You're not welcomed here. She's very aware that like she's in this area and you yeah. can send people out of it yeah. and people can come in. Yeah. But she will not leave. And Vision's like, we don't, you know, he says, we don't have to stay here. We go wherever. And she says, no. I feel like that's going to be a lot of what the upcoming episodes are, is explaining why they can't leave. Yeah. Because, like I said, you saw that it came out a jump rope. If something leaves or whatever, it can stay in whatever form. When Monica gets yeeted out, she doesn't have her sword outfit on again. She still has her 70s look. Still got the blue eyeshadow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point, Ty. Thank you. I'm, but like seriously, because like maybe she's on, maybe she's also stuck there against her own will almost. And like, yeah, she's controlling everything, but there's a reason she's controlling everything because she's stuck there and she wants to have this perfect world. You know, again, maybe something gave her. I don't know. I, I just think that because sh- before I really thought Vision was dead and that's going to be the end of it. Yeah. Now I I think they really are. Vision's going to leave this. He's alive and he leaves. I think he the was bubble. dead. Yeah, going into it, and then there's going to be something that. He finds a way yeah. out and is alive. Her kids are going to come out and be a part of the MCU moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, also, got to touch on the fact that, and it was something everyone picked up on, you know, when they released the teaser trailer. Uh, Agnes, is that her name? Agnes, yes. Who they think is the witch who's like a Agatha. Very, Agatha, the witch, very similar. Yeah. And Dottie do not have profiles on the shield board. You know, they found out that. All these people are real citizens that are acting out the sitcom. Those two obviously uh, admitted, and that's 100% intentional. So Dottie doesn't even have a paper on there. Yeah. Agnes doesn't – she has a paper, but, not they, a... but she doesn't have an ID, meaning they know exactly who she is. They've done their report or whatever on her, but they cannot find the real-life version of her. Yeah. Maybe they just haven't got around to Dottie yet. I wouldn't necessarily confirm the Dottie part. I think those two are players, Ty. They very much could be. And I well, but the picture of of Agatha, not Agatha, Agnes, those are just screenshots from the sitcom. Those weren't necessarily their research because they would take the screenshot from the sitcom and then do their research. Their research was that other paper. Mm-hmm. So that could have just been the screenshot from the sitcom. Now, why wouldn't Dottie's screenshot from the sitcom be up there? I don't know. Um, but it, it's interesting. I mean, I think for sure, Dottie. I don't know. Whether or not she is going to be this huge player, you know, some people think she's Mephisto or whatever. I think Agnes, one hundred percent. I mean, her name's fucking Agnes, and there's Agatha, like, yes. And there's so many witch, um, you know, like symbolism with the bike and um, like her little pendant she had. I yep. watched a video where they talked about it. So and the lines she keeps saying, like, they're just they're just teasing the fuck out. Of yeah. Her. So that's one hundred percent something. And in the comics, she's you know Wanda's what mentor or whatever, like someone close to Wanda. Um, I, I don't know for sure. Um, I know they've shown shots of the Halloween episode where, like, Vision dresses up as, like, a fake Vision and Wanda has, like, a comic book outfit on. Agnes is dressed up as a witch. Oh, I haven't even seen this. Thanks for spoiling it for I me. I mean, I, it is what it is. That was out, like, months ago. I don't watch trailers. But Again, I I said spoilers at the beginning. <laughs> Jay, if you don't want spoilers, don't be a part of the <laughs> podcast. Um so there's just so much interesting stuff. And then that beekeeper. So t- talking about the jump rope. So he turns into a beekeeper suit. And the theory yep. is obviously that it is to go hand in hand with um, 
Wanda's reality, you know, that's why he changes into that. But why my question to you, Ty, and it might be just be something I'm overlooking. Why is there so many goddamn bees? So is that just to go with the reality? Yeah, I'm assuming he's a beekeeper. Oh, there's there's bees deeper. around him. I don't okay. think there's anything deeper than that. Okay. I think it's just like, hey, he's a beekeeper. Let's give him some bees. Why a beekeeper coming out of the, the sewers? Why didn't they make him like a, a plumber? Well, I think because his outfit looked like a beekeeper outfit. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And Much like the drone looked like a helicopter, so they made it a toy helicopter. That's very true. Um, other than that, I don't know. Now, there were some theories that he could be a potentially bigger player. They were connecting him to people in the comics. Um, I watched a video where someone broke down that they're pretty sure that 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 guy was recast as the like guy who served ice cream in the 70s episode at the beginning. Okay. So there's probably not a chance that he's like a bigger player than other just the side guy who went in and now is stuck in there. Yeah. Because he obviously didn't get out. Well, so yeah, they didn't show anything. Like she just says no, and obviously that gets rewound. Like so he's probably just stuck in there. I don't think he's like this villain. Like people. Maybe were. he's just dead. That would suck. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, but him and Monica were the only two people we saw go in. Yeah. Monica obviously started to play a role mm-hmm. and then got yeeted out. We haven't seen him unless, like, he hasn't had a role. Bro, I guess there's leaks. Oh. Well, I, I just like looked that up very much. WandaVision Reddit and WandaVision leaks for episode six. I'm not reading these, I don't like leaks. Is it confirmed leaks, or is it like, hey, I'm a fan, here's a theory Six leak. hours ago, WandaVision leak with new photo below. New photo shows full comic Scarlet Witch. Leaked WandaVision clip involving Vision. I don't know. This seems like legit leaks, Ty. Mm, I don't like that one bit. Don't, don't. I'm going to post this on the Reddit, and if you're listening to this from the Reddit, don't watch the leaks. How, why do people spoil it for themselves? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm having a good time figuring everything out. I'm not going to look at leaks. I refuse to. I'd rather wait it out, play the long game, because it's going to be so much more satisfying than looking at it right now and being like, oh, shit, and then be expecting it. Yeah. So much more satisfying. I just can't wait till Doctor Strange shows up. I think Doctor Strange, I rewatched that movie. I think it's a criminally underrated movie. I think he might be my second favorite Avenger behind Spidey. He's one of my favorite remaining Avengers. Yes, yes, that's what I mean, moving forward. Yeah, that's fair. Um, he's entertaining he's funny he's a dick and he's got cool visuals for his movies that scores great on our movie review scale (laughs) spidey doctor strange cat marv okay top three hulk would have been up there but they fucked him so bad hulk's just a fucking lost cause thor's good oh thor yeah thor's thor's top three thor's gotta do thor's above performance though i mean he's great in the avengers movies too that's true he was very um, bad. Not Guardians very bad, of the Galaxies but... are up there still. Yeah. They got a lot of good shit still. Uh, right. Before, But Doctor Strange, though, he's going to be in this show. Yeah. Now, at the beginning, they make it very clear this is three weeks after the blip is when Monica enters that reality. Um, yes. She gets blipped back. Well, that's when she goes to S.W.O.R.D. Yeah, comes back to S.W.O.R.D., and then it seems like that day they send her to New Jersey. It could be a few days. Any, anyways, whatever. <laughs> Fucking... So it takes place right after Endgame. Spider-Man Far From Home. Well, let's not forget, Ty. Calendar said October 23rd on episode one. Yeah. In Wanda's reality. Looked it up. That's 2023, which is when the blip. Yes. So I just want to point that out. Yes. Okay. Continue. (laughs) In Spider-Man Far From Home, it's the only other movie or only other Marvel thing that takes place after the blip in Endgame. Mm -hmm. Um, It takes place about eight months after. 
and there's a very very clear scene where he's like well what about this hero what about this hero eight months after eight months after the blip in summer 2024 that makes sense because if it's october 23rd was the date on the calendar in wanda and that's three weeks after the blip the blip would then happen at the beginning of october eight months after october is june summer 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 2024 yeah june's fucking prime summer vacation where they would go on a summer field trip okay so this is happening eight months before seven months pretty much before far from home yes okay in far from home he's what about this hero what about that hero they say dr strange unavailable now we have no fucking clue why watching that movie like that's just a herky-jerky this is your movie we're not gonna have another hero show up yeah um but there may be more to this because he's obviously i mean 95 percent confirmed for this show something is going to happen to where maybe this shit continues for a while and maybe his multiverse of madness shit happens at the same time as far from home or something yeah maybe hear me out jay maybe he's in a different multiverse for far from home that's why he's not available yeah he's in a different reality yeah yeah or he's just bouncing between realities like you said in his movie or whatever that's the interesting thing to think about, though, is because, like, and it's the problem that Marvel runs into all the time is, like, if Spider-Man Far From Home is happening in summer, like, is there, were there any signs of this WandaVision stuff happening in the movie that we're going to go back and be like, oh, shit, they kind of did subtly reference it. Like, they got to tie it together somehow at the end of WandaVision where, like, it makes sense, like, why, it, you know, there was literally no, like, why Peter Parker didn't say anything about it. Why? You know what I mean? Because obviously if it's yeah. this huge thing where the multiverse opens and it leads into Doctor Strange and the whole world is experiencing this like multiverse fuck up, like that's just not possible. So Correct. It's, maybe it's like a small I don't know. Well, what if he is in a what if Spider Man is in a different reality? Doesn't even know it. And doesn't realize it, but my only reason thing to back this up, J. Jonah, Jonah. Jameson. He's the only character we've seen from a different, like, timeline or whatever. That'd be some me- meta fucking, like, intertwined writing. And he shows up in Far From Home, and little do we know, like, when the shit happens with Wanda and they create the different realities, he's already in that other reality with, with Morbius and the Vulture and all that other shit that we're expecting to be connected. He's already in that reality in so Far From Home. So what about Fury and the Scrolls and all that, though? Great question. Don't know. But that is a, an easy way, kind of, I don't want to say cop-out, but that is an easy way to, when he eventually comes back to an MCU reality, people don't know his identity. You know, they only know his identity in this other oh, reality. Oh, fuck. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I like that. Because they tease the multiverse a lot. I mean, that's what the whole movie was about. Yeah. And we thought that's when the multiverse was going to, like, start. When but Mysterio then, being but from Jake a Gyllenhaal different... But Jake was... Mysterio was the Tony Stark disciple and all that, so... I don't know if he's in a different reality, Ty. But J. Jonah Jameson, J. Maybe he's in a different reality just at the end credit scene. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I, there has to be something because we expect this to end in something ma- massive. We expect That's, Doctor yeah. Strange to be something massive. And that all seemingly is going to take place before Far From Home, to which there is no mention of it other than Doctor Strange is unavailable. Yeah. So... I don't know, man. I'm intrigued. It's going to be interesting. And obviously, Doctor Strange is 
the theory leading into Spider-Man. And they also have to balance, you know, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. When is that happening? That's happening after the blip as well? Yeah, because he gets yeah. the shield at the end oh, of Endgame. Oh, duh. Yeah. Yeah. So they got to balance that as well. Yeah, but that that could be after Far From Home. I'm, I'm just intrigued saying, if they give a date for that or not. I'm just saying because they can't. My theory at the end of this, not knowing how the timeline worked out, was that like Wanda was going to fuck everything up and like literally the whole world was going to be fucked up, kind of like uh, Spider-Man um, Into the Spider-Verse where like you have this like multiverse kind of fuck up. Okay. Obviously, the whole world cannot be in this multiverse fuck up. You know what I mean? Because that would just make the events of Spider-Man Far From Home just like, okay, what happened? Unless Doctor Strange fixes it before Far From Home. You know what I mean? But then when does Falcon and the Winter Soldier take place Yeah, on that timeline? Yeah, so... I don't know, man. I, that it, how they wrap up this show is going to be telling. And they'll figure. They're smart. They've done they a always, whole franchise of 20 movies, 20 plus movies. I mean, literally just in this, we have Darcy, who out of nowhere shows up from the Thor movies. We have Jimmy Woo, who shows up from Ant-Man movies. We have Monica Rambeau from the Captain Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. They just they find a way to connect everything effortlessly. Yeah. So And make it all make sense. That's crazy. I'm excited, man. I'm so stoked. It should be good. Um, Episode 5 cannot come any quicker. I'm not going to look at leaks either. 80s. Hopefully they have good music. What's like the 80s? I'm scared to even look at anything now because I'm scared I'm just going to come across a a leak. Um, 80s I know we we read it before because 90s is going to be like Friends or whatever. They should have done an Office. That would have been so funny if Um, they did an Office-style episode. Growing Pains, 85. Family Ties, 82. Full House, 87. Um, Happy Days, 74. Maybe the end of that. Probably not. Punky Brewster, 84. Probably like the the Urkel show and everything. They should have done an Office episode, and they still could. I know they have like the Modern Family. They teased that a little bit. An Office-style episode would have been so funny, just like Vision doing the gym face to the camera. I have a feeling because Modern Family – like. Office, they explain it like this is a documentary. Yeah. Modern Family, they just they just interview for no reason. Yeah. And so I feel like it's kind of just like a this is our talk to the camera episode, Modern Family, The Office. I yeah. don't think they're going to make them separate. I think it's going to be nods to both. Hopefully. Fourth wall breaking, though. Fourth wall break? Yeah, with them talking to the camera. Yeah. Is this how we get Deadpool? <laughs> That's another thing. <laughs> They confirmed Deadpool is going to be in the MCU or whatever. Or not confirmed, confirmed, but... Or was it confirmed, confirmed? Yes. And it's going to be R-rated. Yeah. He's easy to... All this multiverse thing It's just effortless. Yeah, you're just... He's going to get sucked in somehow. In his first movie, he's going to be like, what the fuck? It's going to open with him in front of, like, a fire roasting. And he's going to be, like, reading a book. And be like, oh, hello there. And he's just going to explain everything to open the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Like, all right, and now we're here. What's the odds? It's got to be, like, minus 5,000. Where the first time he tries to cuss in his next movie, it gets bleeped. Or like a, a truck drives by yeah. with a horn. <laughs> and then he's like, no, fuck this. This is my movie. Like, it's R-rated or something. I, I, like, they are going to do that Minus 5,000. And yes. I'm going to laugh. <laughs> even though great. it's coming. <laughs> Did you see um, there was Ryan Reynolds on Twitter. I, are you done with WandaVision talk? I think we're good with WandaVision yeah. talk. Ryan Reynolds on Twitter was teasing and said Deadpool 3 was going to be a Wolverine Deadpool uh, road trip movie. <laughs> And he was not joking. That is literally what it was going to be before the merger. Really? It was going to be Wolverine and Deadpool in a movie together on, like, a road trip. That's funny. I mean, you might as well just do stupid, funny movies like that with Deadpool. I mean, that's the niche, you know? 
that's the one IP you have where you can do whatever the fuck you want and everyone's going to be fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially now that they gave him Cable's stupid like time thing where he can like jump around and <laughs> like you get it's just whatever you want makes sense with Deadpool. <laughs> um I was thinking about before we get into our little things movie review. I was thinking about this today. I forgot what I was watching, but it, I was showing clips from old MCU movies and it's just remarkable to think because I got tied into the MCU. I liked like the Spider-Man movies and I liked superheroes and stuff as a kid, but I wasn't a big comic book guy. And even like people who are into comic books get into them around middle school, high school. Like when the MCU started, I was ten. Like yeah, that kind of I feel like that would be the the starting age for really getting into comic books, not just like a kid casually reading them. You know, so I didn't really get the opportunity to really be into comic books, but I just remember getting so intrigued by the MCU when. The one scene that like got me super intrigued is when they showed uh, Captain America's shield. Remember in Tony Stark's like lair, and it was, it was Iron Man too. Prop up, yeah. I remember I just think. no, it was the first one. It was propping up was it something. The first one? I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong on that. No, it, I I think it was teased in Iron Man one. They showed it. Iron Man two. He did use it to create the new element. He was like using a laser, yeah. and he propped his laser up with the shield. Yeah. So, and I just remember like it's just crazy to think like how far. You know, they go that small little tease in my brain. I was like, there's they're going to do like this, like intertwined heroes. What the heck is this? And now we have this full expansive universe where there's television shows. And we're talking about how the television shows are going to relate to the movies. Now the movies are going to relate to this and that. And like, if you would have told me all this, if you would have told me in 2009, 2008, that in 12, 13 years, there'd be like TV shows on a streaming service that Disney has. I'd be like, what's the streaming blown service? Away. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> It's just – it's crazy. This thing it, – it is an empire, dude. I mean, you think about how big the Star Wars franchise is and the Indiana Jones franchise and the Harry Potter franchise. And this thing is just – in terms of overall capacity, it's just so much bigger. It's, like, not even close. And the crazy thing is, is, like, they've been going for, what, fucking 20 – what is it? 8, 12 years? 12 years 13 now? years now. Um, going on 13 years. And they can easily just keep going. Yeah. Because they have so many more IPs, and they're just going to continue to, like, expand it and do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, it's and, not like Harry no. Potter where it's like these characters and now we're done. Yeah. And like they try doing something new and it, it kind of hasn't caught on with the Harry Potter stuff. Yeah. Like this is like it just keeps growing. Now, the only thing that could slow them down is the death of movie theaters. So <laughs> not great. But even then, they're blockbusters. They'll still make money somehow, some way. Yeah. And, and just going back to like the connected thing, like, yeah, that was fucking cool. With Captain America shield. The end of Incredible Hulk, where Tony Stark shows up, yeah. is what mm-hmm. fucked. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're doing this. Talks to uh, the sergeant or whatever. Um, Yeah. That one guy. Ross. Fuck, man. We need more Hulk. I watched Age of Ultron. No, we don't. Did I tell you that? I rewatched Age of Ultron. Yeah. We just need more Hulk. That Hulk, like, that Hulk, Hulkbuster fight scene, I was like, we need more Hulk. I, I mean, Hulk's good in that movie, and Hulk's great in Ragnarok. That's what we need. And then they fucked it up, and there's no coming back from that. Because <laughs> that Hulk. shit's entertaining. Professor Hulk had so much potential. I get it, though. Like, Hulk's... It's a really one-dimensional character. Like, hey, Ruffalo gets mad, and then he smashes, and then they have to, like, contain him. And then, like, that gets old after a while. I get it. But at least give us, like, another standalone. I, I just... Yeah, I guess it does get old, but you could have left it at the Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. Where he's a scientist human. Not an human. uncontrollable monster as well. Yes, but he can talk and have conversations as Hulk. Yeah. And you can do character building like that. And there are two different people, yeah. As opposed to just the one shit show of a mess that is Professor Hulk. Fucking bullshit. Taking selfies at a diner. 
Hulk is so badass. And they relegated him to that. That's my biggest complaint with the MCU. That and Thor The Dark World. (laughs) (laughs) Just just the entire movie. (laughs) (sighs) I'm excited for next week, though. I'm excited every week. It's It's a bright spot of my week as I chug along through these days that just blend together. WandaVision. It's coming up. It's something to look for. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you want to listen to your podcast. Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. Yeah, Jay. I think my favorite thing with all the uh, all of the MCU, mm-hmm. it's all the little things. <laughs> I could tell by your tone, change of tone, you were going with a, <laughs> with a transition. Uh, the little things, Jay. Yeah. Um, a movie on HBO Max. Yep. Released uh, today, the 29th. We're just on top January. of our shit. We, we just, are. we just, it comes out. We watch it. We review it. Yeah, I just got done. Wa- I finished it two hours ago. It's incredible. So, not many like us out there doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, starring Denzel Washington, Rami Malek. Well, this Leto. is just so lazy. Kind of drops off after that, in terms of names. Yeah, what? we'll stop there. Directed by John Lee Hancock, who I mentioned directed some really good movies in the past um, that I can't think of off the top of my head. Usually I have better synopsis ready. The Literally all IMDb says is two cops track down a serial killer. <laughs> that is lazy. I don't know. He directed The Blind Side, uh, Saving, Saving Mr. Mr. Banks. Banks, The Rookie. It's a baseball movie. I've never seen that. He was also a producer on, um, no, he wasn't. Never mind. Um, Snow White and the Huntsman. He wrote that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I was thinking of. He wrote that, yeah. So he's got some. He doesn't have a lot of movies, but the movies he has done have been pretty good. Yeah, that's fair to say. But did this movie stand up to it? His standards, his Oscar-winning standards for The Blind Side. Didn't that win Best Picture? No way, did it? That's a good movie. I don't view that movie as like a Best Picture-winning movie, though. I feel Sandra like Bullock won. Yeah, Best um, Actress. That it got nominated. Sense. It got nominated, but didn't win. Yeah, it. Um, let's see. When did it come out? It lost to. No, no, no. Tell me when it came out. I want to guess. 2009. Well, hey, I'm going to read this to you. Okay. It's a little. Uh, uh, the nomination of The Blind Side for Best Picture was considered a surprise, even to its producers. Oh. In an attempt to revitalize interest surrounding the awards, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences has upped the number of Best Picture nominees from a mandatory number of 5 to 10 in time for the 82nd Academy Awards, the year Blind Side was nominated. However, in 2011, the Academy changed the policy, stating that the Best Picture category would feature from 5 to 10, depending on the results, as opposed to a set number of nominees. The change was interpreted as a response to films like The Blind Side being nominated for Best Picture to fill up a number of spots. It wasn't that bad. Why are they acting like it was such a... No, it's not bad at all, but 
it's a good movie. I don't view it as a best picture movie. Uh, it's just a in your feels kind of movie. March seventh, two thousand ten was so what the two thousand nine movies. Yep. Um, I'm gonna guess uh, Benjamin Button. No, not even nominated that oh. year. Well, it probably just came out. The Hurt Locker. That's a that's a war movie, isn't it? Yeah, Hurt Locker, Avatar, The Blind Side, District Nine, and Education. District Nine. That's wild. Inglorious Bastards. Oh. Precious, based on the novel Push by Sapphire. A Serious Man, Up and Up in the Air. Glorious Bastard should have won. Admittedly, I've never seen The Hurt Locker. That's a good fucking movie. You ever seen Glorious Bastards? I have not. It's a Quentin Tarantino movie. Mm-hmm. Isn't it funny? It's quite funny and quite suspenseful and just really fucking good. I know the end, they like shoot a bunch of Nazis. Nazis. And yeah. kill Hitler, right? Yes. It's incredible. Because I watched a Watch Mojo video on like the top... 10 like ending movie scenes or whatever and that was on there yeah or climaxes whatever it was tarantino likes doing things like on history but then like changing compared to like real life to his movies Mm -hmm. it's fantastic ending yeah i don't know exactly didn't they just kill hitler but i don't know if there was something that happened no i'm not gonna spoil it for you jay i'm gonna make you watch it thank you i probably won't so the little thing plot slash story first category in our movie ranking scale plot slash stories visual cinematography kaleman's characters enjoyment so the plot of this movie Pretty much, so you have two investigators. Well, you have a cop that's up in what? Bakersfield, Palmdale, one of those uh, desert County. cities. Kern County. And sure. Yeah, Kern County. Is it? What did you say? Cook County. No, it's Kern County. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> comes down. You know, there's a serial killer on the loose. There's some cases. He comes down. He helps, uh, not Jared Leto, uh, Rami Malek. And it's kind of this, like, suspenseful kind of, I don't know, detective a, movie. Yeah. Where they don't really have leads, but then they have a little bit of a lead, and you know Denzel Washington's battling his own demons with his you know previous failures and whatnot. Of course, spoilers ahead. And Malik's kind of like this polished detective that took over for Washington because Washington had a little bit of a breakdown in his last you know murder case or whatever. Um, and they get the lead, they get it on Jared Leto. They kind of pressure him. They don't really find enough, but they kind of know it's him, but they don't know it's him. And you know I'm kind of really generalizing this, but. Yeah. And then they that final scene, um, Jared Leto gets Rami Malek to get in his car. They drive out to the desert. He says there's a body there, and then he'll find him. Doesn't find the body. Uh, Jared Leto just ke- keeps talking a bunch of shit to Rami Malek. Rami Malek hits him with a shovel, kills him. They bury him. Um, yeah. Yeah. So first I'll give my score, and then I'll talk about the ending. I gave it an 8. Okay. Also gave it an 8. Okay. So, ooh, is this your biggest difference? Um, there was a lot of, a lot of things kind of I didn't like about this plot. Uh, there was a lot of like convenient things that kind of happened, and I can't think of them off the top of my head now. So it's gonna not convenient things, but just like lazy writing and like kind of just like classic. Like why would you do this? Like the opening scene is that girl getting chased in the car. Yeah, and she stops at a fucking gas station for no reason, and then not only that, like leaves her door open, leaves the keys in it. Yeah. And then just pounding on the wall and doing nothing, despite the fact that she has a great lead on him and just could keep driving. Yeah, just p- fucking pedal to the metal and you could see the city lights. Yeah. So I was a little – and it was just a lot of stuff like that. Like why would they do that? Like why the fuck did Rami Malek get into Jared Leto's car at the end when you think he's a serial killer? Yeah. Like how fucking stupid can you be? And then not only that, like he's out there digging and then Jared Leto's in his – like right by the car. Like he could have just left him there in the middle of the fucking desert. Yeah. 
and I guess you could say he's getting caught up in the case and he really wants a solution, so he's desperate. But um, there was just a lot of a lot of that, you know, and there was like a lot of I don't know. What did you think? It just there was a lot of mysterious shit going on. There wasn't great like payoffs. Like the, yeah. the, usually in a murder mystery, you want to be like, oh shit. Yeah. There was none of that. It wasn't like a oh shit story. It was it was interesting, mm-hmm. you know. An eight isn't an awful score. Like it was interesting, and I still wanted to know what was happening. But they were like so mysterious with like um, Denzel Washington characters, Joe. Yeah, they were so mysterious with his background and the I don't know the morgue lady, the the one who checks the bodies yeah. and shit, and like what their connection. Well, and then was. he had his little scene with his wife, and he mentioned her daughters and not calling him and all this stuff like and there was just a lot of shit that like kind of didn't really have a great payoff yeah like they set up a lot and there wasn't a huge payoff and, and i know we've watched movies before where it feels like they they work backwards where it's like they have the cool twist and then they kind of set shit up backwards to where it just conveniently ends with that prisoners yeah <laughs> <laughs> um I, I don't think this is that i think that they worked forward and they did not have enough there to make it what the fuck's going on yeah, and, like, the big payoff is supposed to be you find out Denzel Washington actually killed a girl when he was, what, in his investigation for another murder on accident, right? That's what well, that it's like the beginning was. of the serial killer's thing. It was, like, the first time he went out there. Yeah, he – so that was an accident, though, right? Like, it wasn't – Yes, no, yeah. it was an accident. And – which I think it would have been a lot more compelling and maybe it would have been more predictable because uh, this crossed through my mind. Like, what if Denzel was the fucking serial killer? That would have been cool. I also thought that they were, like, covering up the fact when it was, like, oh, his two daughters or whatnot. Like, the serial killer killed his daughters. That's what I thought, too, yeah. And that's why he was so driven. Yes. And, no, he has that line where he's like, no, I'm doing this for me, which is kind of selfish. And I think that it leads back to he killed someone. Yeah. And he feels bad, and she was there, and he wants to figure out this case because him investigating this case caused him to kill someone. Yeah. Even though it was an accident, like, that's why he's so connected to it. Yeah. Um, but it just, like I said, it wasn't like, okay, ridiculous things. It was more so like, this stuff's kind of happening, and I guess there's, you know. And I, I do like, at least, I'll give credit with the ending, like I said, is they, they had an ending in mind, and they didn't lean into just doing an easy payoff, like revealing that Leto was the serial killer. I actually liked that little thing they did at the end, the little kind of twist they did do where yeah, uh, Washington sends – I always just use their actor's name. Denzel Washington Joe sends, yeah, Deke. That's what they called him, yep. right? Deke sends. What was the other guy? Jimmy name? Baxter. Denzel Washington sends Rami Malik the package, like <laughs> you know, don't be an angel or don't get caught up in angels, whatever it said, you know, because he had that line before, like don't, whatever, think of him, blah 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 blah. And then in that package includes the red beret because earlier in the movie, um, Rami Malik was like, please tell me you find a red beret because so and so was wearing that when she got murdered, so yep. we'll bust him. And then you're like, oh, shit. So it was Jared Leto's character. They did wrap it up. Albert. Huh? Jared Al- Leto's character. Albert. Albert. <laughs> Only to show Denzel Washington burning all of Leto's stuff. Uh, didn't he burn the bullet? Or what was that in that box? I don't remember. I th- the box was empty, I thought. That's why I was confused. I didn't see yeah. anything in the box. I Because he flashed back to her taking the bullet out of the dead girl, the coroner taking the bullet that he shot her with on accident. So I thought maybe that's what was in there. But she also had it on a keychain, which is kind of weird. I forgot about that. Yeah, that is weird. Let's just keep it on a keychain. Um, and then pulls out a package of berets, and the red one is missing, and then burns it. So they left it open. Like, was Leto the killer or not? You don't know. And I liked how they kind of leaned into that because, you know, they kept it a mystery, and 
you don't know. That's not enough to really be a redeeming factor. Um, I don't think you necessarily need this huge payoff, like a huge twist, a huge, oh, this guy did it, this guy. But they still didn't do enough to warrant a better score. No, yeah, absolutely. They end it, you know, there's no resolution to it. Like, there very well could still be a serial killer on the loose. It very well could have been um, Albert. Yeah. And that could be the end of it. Yeah. There's nothing to it. And it's the one good decision they made, but it just felt like they didn't do enough groundwork before then for that payoff. And I you have to earn the payoffs, and they didn't earn it. I, I just felt like there were so many more directions they could have went. You know, Denzel maybe doing something. Um, one direction I thought they were personally going in, and they didn't. And maybe this would have been the most compelling thing. And I think it could have been predictable, but it being predictable isn't necessarily bad. Is, you know, because Leto's character, on top of potentially being a, you know, serial killer, is like a huge crime buff and keeps up on it. And then he tells Rami Malek's character, like, hey, you know, you should keep your family private, you know. And then he kept, like, berating him, like, you're worth nothing, you know. I thought what they were going to do was Leto was going to drive Malik to go crazy. Malik was either going to kill him, hurt him, whatever. And then it was going to twist on, like, Malik being, like, it was, like, kind of being a political commentary on, like, police and corruption and all that kind of stuff. Um, I thought they were going to go that route with it. Um, or even, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I like, see that. all those serial killings were happening, you know, because so – and it's revealed that Leto's character eight years ago confessed to a murder he didn't do. And then he filed a stolen police report on a vehicle, and they just didn't do anything with it. And, like, this was all – and so he kind of went on this killing spree or whatever, like, to kind of prove the flaws with the police force and all this other stuff. And I thought they were going to do something like that, but they didn't. He just got hit with a shovel. Hold on a second, Jay. What's the movie we love? Law-abiding citizen? You're just explaining law-abiding pretty citizen. Pretty much, yeah. You just want it to be law-abiding citizen. <laughs> pretty much. You're like, I would have really liked this if it was like this movie I love. <laughs> Again, but that would not have been better. It would have been I different because law-abiding citizen was more gory where this yeah. would have been more of a slow burn. And it could have been something as much as Leto gets killed um, and then Malik gets like arrested and then he finds uh-huh. like a note that Leto wrote beforehand. Maybe they investigate Leto's car and there's like a note in the glove box that says like, I did this for this reason, blah, 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 blah. It could have been something like that where law-abiding system was more gory. But, yeah, it is. It's just you were like it could have been commentary on like our justice system and him getting back at the justice. I'm like, I've heard, I've seen this movie before. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> um, I also do think the timing of the movie, I mean, it's the timing's a little bit better. Um, but everything that happened last summer with, you know, the, the protests and whatnot and having a story where the two different cops got away with just killing people. Not great. And no one bats an eye. Killed two people if you're Deacon. I mean, killed one, helped cover up another. Yeah. Um, not great. Yeah. And, like, the coroner literally said, like, we'll say it was a stabbing. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> not, not ideal. <laughs> um, I Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, the story, it, it left... It left me wanting more. Yeah. That's for sure. It left you wanting more of the little things? More of the little things, Jay. <laughs> they uh-huh. said it like four times in the movie. <laughs> Visuals and cinematography, what'd you give it? Okay, so th- this is, I told you before the pod, I have something very stupid. It doesn't impact the score, but it was just a little thing I noticed. I gave it a 15 for visuals and cinematography. Okay. What did you give it? 16. Okay, so I'm glad. Um, I thought this movie was really well shot, and maybe it actually I'm lying. It did impact it. I gave it minus one because I did originally give it a 16. Um, I thought this was really well shot. I thought the I don't want to say soundtrack, but almost you know it is a soundtrack, you know. But like it wasn't necessarily music more so than like the ominous. Yeah, I guess it's still music if it's like a piano or whatever. That was really well. 
the the shading, the darkness of it. I, I said great use of lighting. Where yeah. some shots have one light source and everything else is dark. Yeah, and it really you know makes it look good. Um, the set, like the set design and everything, was really good. It was and it was really consistent too. It didn't bounce around. Obviously, there's scenes when it's sunny and out and out and whatnot. But mm-hmm. I thought it was consistent. Um, I thought it was really well shot. Now, the one thing I noticed that made me mad is the driving scenes were really like bad. Denzel Washington was in a car and there's a green screen around him and you had to accept that. There was one. So uh, Jared Leto pulls on the freeway with Rami Malek and Denzel Washington's following him and he stops at that light right before he goes on the freeway. The car turns and go back and watch this. So he turns onto the on-ramp. Denzel's not moving his hands. He's literally like this. I, I didn't catch that, but I'm 100% positive you're right because that's, I remember that scene. That's what. That's the stupid thing I told you about. His hands were still – you could tell the car was turning. And I was like, come on, guys. That's such you can a see little... the background moving and his hands are just holding the yeah. steering wheel. I that's was, fucking great. That was I was like, all right, that looked bad. Um, so maybe minus one. But it was really well shot still. Uh I liked how it was shot and everything. Yeah. Um, so there was a shot, you know, of him just kind of sitting at a diner at night, and you see him through the window. Everything else is dark. You have the neon lights. Uh, it takes place in the 90s. Yeah. Um, that looked really cool. There's the one where he goes across the street from the crime scene, and he's looking through the window, like, at the chair of, like, how someone could have spotted the victim or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just that the one light source of the window and it's his, like, outline of his body. Yeah. You know, shit like that. It looked really, really good. Um, it was good use of lighting. I liked how there was very dark, ominous moments. Um, it just looked good. I, I think outside of, you know, Denzel driving, the actual car <laughs> driving scenes were pretty cool. Yeah, like the shots of them going up the freeway and everything. It was the in-car stuff that yes. didn't look great. The outside <laughs> of the cars and everything looked bitching, yeah. and those were, those were cool shots. Um, Even, like, the overhead they did of, like, the L.A. traffic was, like, you know, interesting. So yeah, no, I, I liked that a lot. You know, there's obviously the the overhead uh, overhead shot of like where Albert died and where they buried him, and like it kind of pans out, and you see all the different holes and shit, and like how I'm assuming he was like, I really hope this guy actually killed this girl, and I hope I find her. Yeah, was my thought process. Like he was going batshit crazy. Like I'm gonna find her if she's out here. Yeah, um, just stuff like that. I, I thought it was really, really, really well shot. Yeah. Um, do you think a sh- one shovel shot to the face would kill someone? Maybe hard enough. It's the side of the shovel, small point of impact, high force. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Malik's kind of swole. He's a James Bond villain. People forget. I didn't even know that. Hasn't Riley, come out yet. <laughs> Riley was saying. Wait, maybe it has. I don't know. Continue. Riley was saying, and I don't agree with this at all. I think she was getting a little bit of, um, like, um, I can't think of the word. But since Jared Leto was in this movie, I think it subconsciously put this thought in her mind. She was saying how Rami Malek has the perfect face for the Joker, and he'd be a really good Joker. I didn't see it. I said, I think you're just saying that because Jared Leto is in this, and he was the Joker, so you already have the Joker on your mind. I think Rami Malek's very good at being creepy. Yeah. And he's played a couple of things where he's very socially awkward and creepy. Um, I don't know if I feel the Joker, though. He just doesn't have the Joker look. No. He's not, like, like ominous and, like, terrifying. He's just bad vibes. He's, you know, he'd be perfect in what? Like the outsiders. Remember the outsiders? Is that the greaser movie? Yeah. Like the, like a gangster greaser. Okay. Yeah. Like if they remade that movie. Yeah. No, it'd be a good fit. Um, so yeah, very good visuals though. Uh, going off on a little tangent here. <laughs> um, 15 for me, 16 for Ty. Key elements. Now this is the case of this being a movie where, the plot and the story were very 
entwined with the key elements. Um, but also, I think there is another aspect of the key elements. That being said, I gave this a 12. Even though I gave Plot Slash Story an 8, I gave this a 12. I'm interested to see what you said because I gave it a 7. Wow. My logic here was very simple. Talk to me. The key elements in this movie was the plot and the story and building a suspense. Like, it's just a suspense movie. And they do that with two things. The plot slash the story and the visuals and the cinematography. So what I did is I added the two and took the average. Mm. That feels lazy. <laughs> so 15 plus 8 is 23. So that's 11 and a half. I rounded up to 12. Okay. <laughs> that's exactly what I did. Um, I didn't necessarily think the cinematography uh, had that big of an impact on in terms of like a murder mystery. Um, I think, well, you haven't seen Knives Out. But, like, that key element's great, and I don't think that necessarily has to do with, like, how it's shot or anything. I think this, the way this movie was, though, I think they were setting those things up with the way it was shot and whatnot. Yeah, I I, I think, you, I mean, it very much is the story. Yeah. You, a murder mystery relies on its story to be good and have twists and turns. Yeah. Um, The music was very suspenseful, suspenseful. I felt like almost too much, though. Like, there were scenes where, like, obviously something was happening, but, like, the music's building up in this dramatic way, and what it's relating to, it does not equal what the music is building up to. Yeah. Like, it was, like, trying to build suspense for something that I felt like... Wasn't as suspenseful. Didn't need that much. Yeah. Um, You know, it's the, it's the twist in murder mysteries and the payoffs that are, like, the biggest parts of, oh, shit, he did it, or, oh, shit, it's that guy, or, you know what I mean? I liked the ending, which is kind of what saved the score. Yeah. The twists throughout it aren't that great. There's not really any good twists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't give it the cinematography love, <laughs> and I strictly stuck to the score, the story and the score from Plot that. The story, yeah. And yeah, I gave it a seven. So you gave it even worse, though. Yeah. Because the music. I felt like the music was too much. Okay. That's fair. And that that's fair. Like you said, you know, it does matter with the twists and the turns and whatnot. Um. I will say, I don't know if it was necessarily, I mean, it was a mystery, but I think I viewed it more as a thriller. Like, I wasn't expecting too many turns, like a murder mystery, like a Knife's Out, even though I haven't seen it. Um, I I think this movie's closer to, like, a Prisoner's, which had a great twist at the end, but I don't know. It could have done better. 12, and I feel like the case with this movie, and it's going to, I wanted to wait till the end, but I'll just say it now. And 12, I always say, is kind of like just my in-between score. Technically, it's 10, but I give it 12. Um, to give it a little bit of love. This movie just feels like a movie that's been made a hundred times. And it feels like a movie that's outdated and a movie that could have been made 30 years ago and could have been made 20 years ago. and could have been made 10 years ago and could have been made last year. Um, and it's just kind of run of the mill. Like I, we've seen it before. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't necessarily make it a terrible movie. And I think that'll reflect in our overall scores. Like we have terrible movies on our scores. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just, you know what I mean? Like, in this genre, you have to stand out with how many times this mystery cop thriller thing has been done, quite frankly. And the yeah. whole dynamic of an old cop and the new cop, and they don't like each other at first, and they come together. Like This movie's been done thousands of times, and you've got to do something different. You've got to do something new, and this movie just wasn't that. This movie could have released in 1984 and been one of the first of its kind and been – one of those movies that's just beloved, you know what I mean, just because it was a trailblazer. Mm-hmm. It's not a trailblazer. It's let's get a really good cast, let's shoot it really well, and let's see what happens. That being said, since I said the really good cast, Ty, I don't know how high you gave this, but I gave this characters a 16. Before I say my score, um, 
he's had this written for 27 or 28 years. Exactly. Um, <laughs> just going off literally. what you said. He, it literally, he says, I don't know if I've been working on it, but I wrote it 27 or 28 years ago, and it almost got made several times. There we go. I said this is a movie made 30 years ago. He literally wrote it 27 years yeah. ago. Why you were saying that, I was looking it up because I remember that. <laughs> this has been something he's wanted to make for a while and finally did. Yeah. But it is from, it is a script from a long time ago. Yeah. Um, what'd you give characters? 16. We give it a 17, Jay. I thought the characters were great. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what kind of kept the interest and saved this movie. That and the way it was shot. I think Denzel Washington gave a great performance. Yeah. I think Jared Leto was probably my favorite. Yeah, Leto was fantastic. And Malik, Rami Malek was fucking great. <laughs> he said Malik. Malik. <laughs> I mean, when Rami Malek's your worst of the three with the way he did in this movie, I mean, that's a really good sign. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of side characters. There wasn't a lot of depth there. Usually I knock it there, but it was such a star-studded big three. Um, and they used them. It, yeah, they were great. And they had great chemistry, too. Yeah, I, I wrote that down. Denzel Washington and fucking Rami Malek had great chemistry on Scream together. Yeah. Like, they're back and forth and shit when they're sitting in the car. And you could see kind of how, like, it, it, the Jimmy character was almost like a younger version of Joe. Like, this is just history repeating itself. Like, yeah. that part of the characters and how they kind of became, like, like each other. Yeah. It was really good. They worked great on screen together. And then Leto just fucking pushing their buttons all throughout the movie and like their reaction to him. Like they worked great off each other. Yeah. No. Yeah. They were great. And like I said, they saved the movie. And like I, when I gave my rundown on the movie, it was a plot from 30 years ago. Let's throw a lot of money on these actors and throw money on the visuals and see if it sticks. And this is a movie. It kind of sucks for them because this is a movie that you're not going to remember. You're not going to like sit there and be like, I could see why people would like think about prisoners be like, damn, you know, like, yeah. Um, even a movie like Devil All the Time, I could see how someone could take like an impact from that and think about it in the coming days. Um, this movie is not one that you're going to think about, but this is totally a movie made for the theaters. Like, let's do this ominous thriller. It doesn't have to be great. We're going to have great names. It's going to make a lot of money. It's just got to be average, and they're obviously fucked by the theaters not being out, you know? Yeah, and, and we've reviewed HBO Max originals before. This is not that. Yeah. This is a movie that they released on HBO Max. It was not made for HBO Max. Though. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, it was a it was a script where I could see where these guys saw the potential in it. Mm-hmm. But it just is not there, and they did their damnedest to make it a good fucking movie. Yeah. Um, because they all three of them were great. Yeah. Um, their performances were good. The character building, and it's it's weird that I give, and that's kind of where I told you, like this is a weird review for me because I gave it a seven for key elements and a seventeen for characters. Yeah, like that. It's weird that I have such large gaps between different aspects of a movie. That doesn't happen often. And it's hard to do, but this is very much a we have a subpar script that has potential, and they just kind of fuck it up. And the acting and the visuals save this movie from being a dumpster fire. See, it's like, I don't even know if I'd say a bad script. It's just like a, a bland script. It's just been done before. That's yeah, my biggest yeah, yeah. thing. Like, it's just. And then, yeah, an eight isn't bad. It's just, it's been done before. It's nothing unique. It doesn't jump out at you at all. Yeah. So, be like Palm Springs. Totally unrelated movie, but they redid the whole time thing, like Groundhog's Day, and they made it their own, and they made it different. That's what you have to do. Yeah, uh, that's a great comparison, too, because that had really good visuals. Mm-hmm. That was fun acting and good characters. But it was a fun, unique story, and that's why it's such a better score than this. Yeah, if it would have just been a Groundhog's Day remake, it would have probably been along the same lines as this. Yeah. Enjoyment, Ty. 
How much did you enjoy this movie on a scale from 1 to 20? Gave it an 8. Oh, wow. I didn't really like it. Despite the great performances and everything, for me, this kind of thriller, this kind of movie relies on me saying, what the fuck's going on? Me thinking about it afterwards and me being invested in the story. Eight for me is pretty low. Like on my scale. I gave it a 12, personally. Um, That is in my... Probably would not sit through again, but it caught my attention at points. Um, I was never really bored in this movie, and I tend to get bored in movies sometimes. Um, And I think it was saved by the acting, 100%. And it just felt like... I had high expectations. I had much higher expectations than you, so maybe I wanted it to work. You know what I mean? So I was more invested. But it, it, it wasn't unique. It wasn't new. But at the same time, it was just a turn your brain off. Well, you kind of don't want to turn your brain off in these kind of movies, but it was just kind of like a, I don't know. It was just an okay watch that I didn't hate. So I gave it a 12. And I I feel like along those lines, you said it was kind of like a turn your brain off, but this is the movie where you don't want to do that. Yeah. And I found myself at points kind of just watching what was happening on screen and not like, Oh, could this happen? Could that happen? Like I didn't find myself like what the fuck's around the corner. Yeah. Um, Like I said, the twists and the reveals weren't that shocking. Yeah. The ending's great, but that's all it has. And so I loved how it looked, and I loved the characters, but all that can be great, and for me to really enjoy a fucking movie like this, or, you know, this is one where the key element score it has to be good for me to enjoy. Yeah, that's fair. Because despite how great these performances are, I'm not going to go back and rewatch this movie. Yeah, I'm not Ever. There, there's just, especially now that it, the the weak thriller suspense part of it, I already know the ending. Yeah. I, I have no interest in watching and There's none of the, like... There's no potential for it to be better the second time. Like, you know, with a movie like Prisoners, maybe it is. You could see how things are set up. Yeah. It's not going to be like that. Um, fuck, I had a good point to make, and I just lost it. That fucking sucks. Oh, there was one scene that made me laugh very, very hard. Okay. And I think it deserves credit. It is when they were showing Jared Leto the uh, pictures the first time of the girls, and Denzel Washington finds out he has a boner. And he said his dick was harder than Chinese arithmetic. <laughs> that shit made me laugh. That shit made me laugh hard. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I, was, I was like, that's good. That's a good laugh in the middle of like a serious movie. I like that a lot. So Chinese arithmetic. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's just, I mean, my scores, it's not a lot higher, but I think it's a decent amount higher. And plus 12 is more average for you. Yeah. 10 average for me. Yeah. So it's naturally going to be lower by that. So the four point difference isn't that huge of a difference. Yeah. Um, I'm more likely to go back and watch movies than you though. Like if there's a good That's movie true. and I enjoy it, I'm going to watch it again. This is not that. So I am going to be harder on it because I'm, there isn't, there wasn't that level of enjoyment. It's just, if I had to sum it up and maybe I'm not even going to mention that. Never mind. If I had to sum it up, I would sum it up in a movie. It is a movie that just gets lost in a big genre that a lot of people try and you know, Denzel and all them couldn't save it from that. It uh, they save it from it being terrible, but it just it, it gets lost. It's and that's what it is. You know, it doesn't yeah. mean it's a terrible movie. It just means it's more of the same. And if you like these kind of movies and you're you think you're gonna like it no matter what, go watch it. Like you know, maybe you like the twist more. Maybe you know, maybe you pick up on some things. Maybe we didn't pick up on. Maybe there's a deeper meaning we didn't pick up on. Yeah. Um, if you're not a big thriller guy and you only like or or gal. And you only like thrillers if there is that big payoff. Probably not the movie for you. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I don't even think it's the payoff part. It's the build up to the payoff. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it, the ending is what it is, but there's just nothing. 
to get you to that point to be excited for what the ending is. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It it had potential. It definitely did. Had it did. I mean, it, again, it had great performances and great visuals. It's just, I don't know. This is a movie. If this movie was released in the eighties, dude, it'd have like an eighty percent Rotten Tomatoes, and it it would have been a trendsetter for the genre. But especially with the ending like that, yeah. No, for sure. But it's just it it isn't anymore. He should have made this movie when he wrote it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you could have made Honestly. a great movie. Honestly. <laughs> you could have had Denzel Washington playing the younger detective. <laughs> it would have been a great fucking film, man. There you go, yeah. Um, so that's how I'd review it. My final score, Ty. Let me add this up real quick. I got uh twenty fifty one sixty three out of one hundred. Sixty three out of one hundred. I gave it a fifty six. Oh, and you were asking if it was going to have a 28-point difference like Hubie Halloween. You well, think I would have gave this movie an 84? I didn't know what you were going to give it. <laughs> but it's just, it was such a weird review for me to where, like, I'm looking at this and it's 8, 16, 7, 17, 8. Like, it's all over the board. And it very easily, I could have not liked the key elements and you could have liked it and gave us a fucking five-point difference right there, you know? Yeah. And one category. It, it's just... It wasn't for me, and it could be for someone else, but it's just, it was odd, dude. Like, the actors got the most out of this, but I didn't like what else was there. So, 56 and a 63. 63 gives us a final score of 59.5. Doesn't even break 60. Puts it right behind Wonder Woman 1984 at 61.5, right behind American Pickle at 62.5. And And I will say, and... Rewatch, I would rather rewatch the American Pickle, but a first time watch, I think I'd rather still watch a movie like The Little Things, just because American Pickle was just one of those movies where everything was meh. Yeah, this was a movie where at least you got good acting and good visuals, so there was something to hang your head on. So, I I would agree with that. Rewatch, I'd rather rewatch the American Pickle, and I feel like that's kind of why they're similar in score. Yeah, um, I I will say I'm proud of it. I'm proud of American Pickle for beating this out because American Pickle, HBO Max original. One of the first, too. Yeah, and it sucks. And all of their originals have sucked to date. <laughs> That's um, the best. Or no, it was the, the Witches is the best. With a 66. That didn't suck. It was just... 66 okay. ain't great. Yeah, but I mean, it's 31 out of 40. It's middle of the road. I, I just... HBO Max originals suck, dude. The Binge? That was Hulu. Right? Yeah. yeah. The Prom? HBO Max original, wasn't it? I, that movie should not have been a 70. Oh, my God. I gave it a 57. I, That's what it should have been. I think I was respecting the craft of the musical too much. Yeah, you were, for sure. Because I think I gave Key Elements like a 19. You No, you did, for sure. And I was like, I'm not going to remember any of these songs. <laughs> yeah, like, you catch me humming Hamilton to myself. I don't, You're not going to catch me humming any of those songs. The only one I liked was the one that loved thy neighbor. And I love thy neighbor. So, yeah, I remember that part of it. Yeah, I didn't like that one that much. On the Rocks, was that an HBO Max? That was uh, Apple. Oh, that's right. Bill Murray and Rashida The only Jones. Apple one we've done. Super Intelligence, though, 46. Fucking shit. It fucking sucked. Um, let's hope that... See, my, my concern is HBO is going to be releasing Justice League here soon. Um, we're getting King Kong. Snyder getting, Cut. Don't forget to Yes. Um, we're getting a lot of HBO Max releases. Yeah. And I hope that they're better than these. Well, King Kong isn't. And Justice League... Is made for HBO Max, but it's not a super intelligence. Well, it's like this, which got a bad score. I think HBO Max just does not have good talent evaluators. I think they're at the point 
where they're building something and they're like, hey, let's get big names. Let's get, was it Melissa McCarthy that was in? Yep. Super intelligent. James Corden. Let's get James Corden. Let's get a lot of money from Tesla. Martha Stewart. Let's get. Um, Stewart was in that? Not Martha Stewart. Um, What's the girl's name? I don't know what you're talking about. In the in the prom. <clears throat> I think the prom was Netflix. Oh. Was the prom Netflix? I think it was after we're saying it was Hulu. The Witches, let's get Anne Hathaway. It was Netflix, whatever. I think they're at the point where they're just building up their library full of just turn your brain off whatever movies to throw on with the family and they don't have to be the best. And eventually they might. Their documentaries are pretty good. The Tiger documentary, even though they shit on Tiger the whole so time. I heard. Was it was a lot, of, was a lot of Tiger blasphemy going on. It was just. Which you don't have to do a piece just loving Tiger, but it was very much a shit piece. But, I mean, he did kind of deserve some of the things that, you know, they're shitting on him for. Um, uh, D.B. Cooper was good. Their TV shows, I've heard good things about the flight attendant. So, Game know. of Thrones, beginning of it was great. They have really good HBO originals. Yeah. It's the HBO Max stuff that is it. It'll get better. It'll um, get better. I hope so. I really do. King Kong, though, versus Godzilla. I'm excited for that. I told you this off pod. Story is starting with a 20, and the more story there is in the movie, the more down it goes. I just want an hour an hour of fighting, hour and 40 minutes of fighting. And I know that's not possible, but I wish it was. Yeah. I don't know what's going to go on. Like, um, the movie could literally be a UFC pay-per-view of, like, an undercard of, like, other monsters fighting, and then you have the main event of a 45-minute Godzilla King Kong just battle, and it would get a 20 for score for me because I'm like, they did this perfect. Okay. <laughs> that's fair i can't argue that oh man how do you feel about king kong having an axe that looks like it's a bone <laughs> and one of godzilla's back spines as the axe piece that's fucking bitch and that's what it's i pretty think pretty fucking it. cool right um I, did i mention this on the pod how people were talking about how is king kong gonna overcome the blast from godzilla's mouth and then other people were like he's just gonna move out of the way of it <laughs> yes <laughs> that made me laugh <laughs> Uh, well, there's a bunch of people who are like he's like a he's like a fucking nuclear power plant and everything and whatever like all this descriptors and like King Kong's like M monkey. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I'm fine with that. I want King Kong to win still. Yeah, I think Godzilla's gonna win. That's fucking stupid thought, Jay. Do you see? They think uh, it's gonna be Mecha Godzilla in it. No. Yeah, which aggressively leads me to still believe that they're gonna team up at the end. Oh God. Yeah, probably. They're going to team up and defeat Mecha Godzilla. Pro- no, 100%. They're not going to have one of Godzilla or King Kong win because they, they can't want- do it. They want more movies. Yeah. That's 100%. Who's going to go watch the bitch loser movie? Like, oh, here's King Kong. He's going to beat this guy, but make sure Godzilla doesn't show up. That makes me mad. They're going to. That's 100% going to happen. It is. Fuck, man. And they're going to do it because their mom's name is Mark. Yes, correct. <laughs> Maybe that's what we're, our spin's going to have to be. Is King Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus King Kong better than Batman versus Superman? That'll be our review. We'll just review both movies. <laughs> well, we're going to have the MCU shows too, so. So what, Jay? We'll see. You just you just afraid of a little work? <laughs> I don't want to watch that movie again. I don't either. We don't have to do that. Um, yeah, all the little things, though. Next week, we are reviewing another Apple movie. No, Amazon movie. Excuse me. Correct. Amazon Prime. There was a few options, no no big movies. We went with this because it looks like it's going to be the most fun, hopefully. Uh, that is a movie titled Bliss, starring Owen Wilson, Salma Hayek. Title of the poster says Chase Something Real. It is a sci-fi rom-com-ish kind of movie based on how I'm looking at it. Um, again, going to be available on Amazon Prime streaming services. Uh, and we love Owen Wilson. So yeah. that's pretty much the reason 
that we're going with that movie over what was the other option? The Zendaya movie on Netflix that's in black and white. Um, Malcolm and Marie, which just hand up. I don't want to talk about a love your romance movie with you, Jay. Wow. You don't want to connect I with feel me? like uh, it might get a little too emotional in here. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I will say I watched uh, Crazy Rich Asians again the other day How last week. Uh, I cried at the end when he proposed. What, what the fuck, Jay? I didn't say I've seen it. <laughs> I said, how is that? <laughs> My bad. It's a great movie. We also didn't watch uh, <laughs> Minamata. Yeah, that's with Johnny Depp. Um, it's in theaters only. I think it's Minamoda. Uh, Bill Nye's also in this movie, this Bliss movie, so that's how you know it's going to be good. Bill Nye only makes bangers. <laughs> so that comes out next Friday. Of course, we're going to record next Friday, release next Monday. Make sure you check out that movie. Of course, watch WandaVision. Excuse me. And uh, it's an exciting time to listen to Within the Lines, Ty. Yeah, we got our we got our Marvel shows still kicking it. We're going to keep on going. Um, we got Cherry coming out soon. We got Tom and Jerry coming out. <laughs> um, King Kong, Justice League. We're going to do it all. There's another movie in March I'm excited for, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. I'll think. Go ahead. And t- yeah, I mean, you can edit this thinking time out. You and take no, as long as you need. That is way too much work. I'm, I'm going to wait. Tyler, it's fine. I'm not going to end the episode until you think of what movie Movies it is. Movies really coming out. King Kong versus Godzilla. Should be good. Obviously. The SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run. I, is that coming out? I'm just kidding. Because um, I'd watch it. I haven't watched the other one. Isn't that the movie that came out last year? No, that's the superhero Sponge movies. I don't I don't know what the fuck that movie was. No, like this I said, is I the movie it. that came out last year. I've watched it. It's re-releasing. When his best friend Gary suddenly snatched away. Yeah, I, I guess it's re-releasing. Oh, Raya and the Last Dragon. Sorry. There we March go. March 5th, 2021. Is that the Disney one? Disney animation. I don't know if it's going to be the, um, like pay like premium where you have to pay $30 for it, but it is going to be on Disney plus regardless. Um, it is the latest Disney plus or Disney animation studio. There's also another Tom Holland movie, chaos walking March 5th, 2021. Is that coming out? That one's been recorded and ready to release for like three years. If I'm not mistaken, that's Tom Holland, Daisy Ridley. That's right. Yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. March 5th. We need to make a schedule. We'll make a schedule. We had a schedule for like a month. We gave up on it. <laughs> we'll do that again. Lots of good movies, though. Lots of good shows. Yep. Um, you got anything else, Jay? I don't. Enjoy WandaVision. Um, go back and watch episodes one, two, three again, everybody. Just see now that you know what it looks like from the other side. Yeah. Maybe you'll notice when the drones are flying in, that's the that's the banging on the window of episode two. Yeah. That's the loud noise. Yeah. Very much so. Could be. I just I just told you what it is, but that could be it. <laughs> um, in the meantime, be a good friend, everybody.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.